0: Go ahead and get started. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Father, we believe that you love us, uh, that you desire to be close to us. We believe that, uh, like a good Father, you want a relationship with us, and so we beg you for the gift of prayer, that um, we would come to notice you more, help us to hear your voice, to connect with you, to be in your presence. We invite you to draw close to us, to touch our minds and our hearts wherever you desire. Fill us with your peace, fill us with hope, give us confidence in your presence, and teach us how to pray. We ask this through Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So just a quick review. Uh, Most of y'all have been here, I think, most of the times. So foundation for everything that we're doing is this idea that we are made for a relationship with God. That's the deepest meaning and the deepest fiber of our bones. We're made with relationship with God. That's what he wants. That's what we want. So we're made for him because of our adoption Uh, by our baptism. We are now God the Father's kids. He's our dad. Jesus Christ is alive with us. He's made himself one thing with us. We share his identity and his relationships. The Holy Spirit is inside of us, alive in us. Amen. Okay, so when we talk about prayer, there's a lot of different types of prayer, but um, seeing it in the broadest possible way, prayer is our relationship with God. It's not just how we enter into relationship with God, it is the relationship. Because like any relationship, there's time spent together, there's listening, there's speaking, there's noticing, and that's what prayer is. So again, there's, there's a, lot, a lot of different te- ways to pray, but prayer is our relationship with, with God. We also talked about the organ. The place of prayer is what? It's the heart. So if we are going to be attuned to God and to His movement in our lives, we also become attuned to our own hearts, which is wonderful and terrible. It's just really beautiful and really hard. Uh, there's just a lot. It's messy Not about your heart, but my heart's kind of messy. It's got a lot of parts. It's got a lot of stuff. But as we come to notice our hearts we kind of notice the place where, where God dwells and so the more we're able to notice our hearts and be honest about our hearts the more we're able to connect with God okay and then last time we just went through kind of yeah some maybe helpful steps to just make sure we're doing if we want to be connecting with God so remember there's four steps I won't pop quiz you on this first one is there's, it's A-R-R-R are the letters if you didn't get a handout from last week um, I have some extras I'll, we'll set them up in the back afterwards you can grab one First is A, to acknowledge. So you imagine they're kind of sinking down to your heart and noticing what's going on there. No matter what that is. There's, no, there's no, no things that you have to ignore there. That's really important. So if you're angry, you're angry. Tell God you're angry. But the first is to acknowledge, to just notice. Second is to relate, meaning bringing it into the relationship. That means showing God or telling God. So I notice something going on in my heart here. Maybe it's just a desire. Like, God, I just want to walk with you today. In my life, I just want to be with you in the stuff of my life today. So the next is to relate. I bring that to God. I tell Him about it, and as I tell Him about it, and maybe just kind of explain like why I want it so bad and uh, how hard it is when I feel like I'm all on my own. After I relate it to Him, I want to receive. Receive means to just kind of to notice, to let Him speak, to let Him show you something. Maybe I just feel kind of peaceful. Maybe a memory comes to mind of of going for a walk with my parents as a kid not going anywhere, you know, just walking. Just what that was like, this feeling of being protected, feeling of just, just somebody and just enjoying being with me, you know. Maybe that memory is God showing me something of, yeah, of of what he desires, just to be with me. Not so that we just have to do all this work and it's really intense, but just to be. And then in light of what I receive, acknowledge, relate, receive, and then I respond to God. And I say, okay, yeah, help me just to... Yeah, to receive this, just like this friendly presence with me today. Help me to notice that you're with me and that you just enjoy being with me. Maybe, too, I I reject the idea uh, that you don't want to be with me or that it's a chore to walk with me. OK, Maybe I should take a hint. Um, stop talking. Um, OK, so even as we go through today remember, it just, as you go through all of life, it's just important to just notice what's going on here, because that's the stuff we bring to prayer. That's how we kind of yeah, we gather up this, these things throughout our day, and then when we have time to pray, we talk to God about what's been going on in us. OK, just going to pause there before we get into today's stuff. Do you have any questions? about what's been going on. Maybe you've been praying and it's frustrating and you have something to say or uh, questions, thoughts from anybody. Great, okay. Um, so today we're talking about imaginative prayer and praying with Scripture, or praying with the Bible. Kind of those two things. First is imaginative prayer. Um, When we talk about imaginative prayer, we talk about God's ability to use your own imagination to show you stuff. So again, God can use your imagination to show you things. Uh, Your imagination is a gift, it's a capacity from God, and it's really, really important. And we probably don't realize how much you use your imagination all the time. I mean, you're just using it all the time. When you're going to go to the post office just for a second, you think about the post office. Like you have an image of what the post office is like and you can kind of, you know where you're going to go. When you're going to go meet with somebody, you maybe imagine that setting with them there. Really important um, is our ability to imagine when we uh, listen to or read the scriptures. Right? Because just notice, like, what is this? This is paper, right? With squiggles on it. But I can look at certain squiggles and I can make sounds at you and you can paint a whole scene in your brain. You've never seen it before, right? The Sea of Galilee, there's a storm. You already have an image of it in your brain. I mean, it's an, it's an incredible capacity that you have, yeah? To paint a scene. Now one thing that's really important as we talk about our imagination uh, and an imaginative prayer is, it, we're not saying that it's imaginary. Imaginary has kind of a a, a negative tone to it, so it's all made up. It's not real, right? But God himself, uh, in the person of Jesus, uses your imagination to try to teach you stuff, to try to encounter you, to try to stir your heart. One very specific and powerful way that he does that is by telling parables. So we talk about this frequently. Are parables historical events, yes or no? No. No, so they didn't happen. So when Jesus says, a man had two sons, nobody's like, where'd he live? (laughs) Was it around here? Maybe I know him, you know? Like, no, no, no. No, there's no man, right? So it's a story. Jesus is telling a story. Uh, But not just for entertainment, not just to, to pass the time, but he's trying to engage your imagination to paint a scene and to move your heart. So your imagination has this incredible capacity. We've talked about the uh, the parable of the workers in the vineyard. I would say that one of a mall is a good one at like stirring stuff up inside of you, right? Some people work all day long, super hot out, it's tiring. Some people work one hour. What do they get paid? Exactly the same, right? And as you imagine that scene, oftentimes something goes on here, right? And you're like, that's a bunch of malarkey, right? Or maybe you're like, great. Maybe you feel like the last one called, and you're like, whew, you know. Maybe feel peace and joy in that. But again, Jesus uses our own imagination to stir up things inside of us. Even aside from the scriptures, um, sometimes you can just imagine an encounter with God. And even though, yeah, it's in your imagination, God can show you things. He can show you things about him. You can notice things. I don't know if you've noticed, but pretty much every time I preach a homily, uh, Just when you think it's really long, right? Then I give you more time, right? And we just take some time. A lot of what we're doing during that time is imagining things. You know? Imagine walking with Jesus. Uh, Imagine being in the boat with him on the sea. You know, sometimes I set up something for you to imagine. Sometimes it's just, how about you invite Jesus into that place and just notice him there. Notice what he seems like. So what we're doing there is giving God permission to use our own imagination to show us something. And so, again, even though it's in our imagination, it doesn't mean it's not real. It can be very, very real and also very fruitful. Even though it, in some level it can feel like, I'm making this up. But your heart knows the truth. Right? Your, your heart is equipped to hear God's voice, to notice God. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they recognize me. So your heart can recognize what God's doing in your imagination when he's showing you something true. So your imagination has that power. I remember when I did this summer spirituality program, um, they invited us to, to just imagine going to Nazareth to spend time with the Holy Family. So it's not in the Bible even. I mean, we know that they lived in Nazareth. Jesus spent most of his life in Nazareth, but we don't have details about just home life there. But they encourage us just to, just imagine it. Just do some prayer and imagine going to Nazareth and being there. And I was like, this is dumb, you know. know. So I'm imagining it and imagine knocking on the door and uh, like teen Jesus opens the door and he's all happy to see me. And I'm like, "Ah, okay, whatever. (laughs) You know, and we go in and Mary was baking. It's very, you know, stereotypical imagination. So she's baking. She comes out. She's got flour. She's all happy and gives me a hug and. They're just there as I'm imagining it, yeah, but they're just there, and they're just you can tell they're just so happy I'm there, they're just looking at me with love, and pretty soon, I start to feel pretty uncomfortable, and I'm like, so, let's do something, <laughs> you know, like, what are we going to do? And they're like, we're just happy you're here, and again, I'm just noticing, like, I'm feeling kind of uncomfortable, I'm feeling loved, but it's like, this is a little much, and then I imagine Joseph coming home, you know, from work. He cut his hand. Get that Joseph, he's the only, you know, the only one that sins. He's always messing everything up. He cut his hand at work like a dope. No. But Joseph comes in. I imagine him and kind of imagine. He was like, oh, hey, Scott, you know, happy to see me. And um, imagine him, you know, me saying to him, like, wow, they, they really just love you, don't they? And then he's like, yeah, you kind of got to get used to it. <laughs> um, and then we're just kind of hanging out again and uh, feeling really loved. Eventually, I'm just like, I got to go. Like, either give me something to do or I got to go. I can't just be here. I can't just be loved by you. It's uncomfortable. I got to go. And so I'm just like, I'm done. You know, sitting back in my pew, being like, oh, that was. (laughs) You know, so was I making it up? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I was using my imagination. Was that a real thing that happened? No, right? I didn't go to Nazareth. But I do think that God was using my imagination to show me a couple things. A, that he just loves me. He just wants to be with me also made it very apparent to me, like, I, there's something in me that makes it hard to just receive love. There's something uncomfortable in me, because I feel like I've got to strive, or perform, or it's like, we got to be doing something. I can't just be sitting here getting love. That's not going to work for me. So, yeah. Is it my imagination? Sure. But was God using it to show me things that are true? Yeah. I firmly believe that. Or else I don't think I would have imagined myself into a very uncomfortable place where I had to leave, right? So my heart was responding to something there. So, Just, uh, yeah, an encouragement in that way. It might feel like you're just making it up, but God uses our imagination to show us stuff. Okay. Um, So, in addition to our senses, our our physical senses, the, the Church Fathers talk about our spiritual senses. So we can we can notice God, we can notice things, and our spiritual senses also help us to notice things when we pray with Scripture. So Scripture, of course, meaning the Bible. Um, scripture is really really important. Obviously, in everything that we do as a church, like we're always the Bible's being used all the time. It's a baptism. I had a baptism today. We use the Bible. Mass today, we're using the Bible. So, you know, even though Catholics get hard, you know people say that Catholics don't read the Bible and maybe you don't as much as some other people but you're exposed to the Bible quite a bit and believe it or not, it it is inside of you like you've you've had a lot of exposure to the Bible there's also a lot of Catholics that are very faithful in, in just reading the Bible but also, in addition to reading the Bible it's important to pray with the Bible and I'd say those are two separate things reading the Bible is going through it getting the information and learning the story is that good? absolutely like, we should, we, should, we should be reading the Bible. That's important. But praying with the Bible is different. So praying with the Bible is not so much about information. Reading the Bible is about information. Praying with the Bible is about looking for an encounter, a place of connection, a relationship. So the scriptures, just to make sure we're very clear on this, every book of the Bible, every word of the Bible has two authors. Right? Right? there's a human author that wrote it in a human context for a specific purpose and then the other author of course is God it's the Holy Spirit we say that the scriptures are inspired that word inspired means breathed into think of like respiration if you expire that means you just breathe out if you're going to expire you want to inspire afterwards because if you have one more expiration than inspiration then that's it, right? So inspiration means it's breathed into. So the scriptures are written by a human being and by God. Which means the scriptures are different than other forms of writing. It's different than a novel. Because it is written by God, it is therefore also both human and divine. So we say the Bible is the word of God. It also has power. It has power. It has power to transform things. It has power to affect us. And it's also alive. Like, this is alive. It's vibrant. It's amazing how some of this that was written, I mean, and put down like 3,000 years ago, when you read it, I mean, it it has a power, yeah? But also, it has a power to speak to you personally. So the scriptures are universal, meaning they're, they're for everybody. They're for every person. But at different times and in different places, they speak different things to you personally. So you know sometimes you read a scripture verse or maybe you hear it and just something just kind of moves, especially sometimes when you're really well disposed. You know, maybe it was at somebody's funeral and you remember hearing a verse of the Bible and it just touched you in a specific way or you hear something and you just say the words, I needed that. Now notice, if you go back and read that same verse on a different day, there's a very good chance it's not going to feel the same. I was talking to somebody and they called it they called it the disappearing Bible verse. Like they had read some chapter of the Bible and they some some verse they read it and they were just like weeping. I mean it was just overcome with, with some some sense of God's love and emotion and they went back sometime later, read that same passage, and they are like, It's gone. <laughs> like, where'd it go? And and that didn't go anywhere. But what happened was that one time God was speaking something to her. And her heart responded to it. She came back to it a different day and God wasn't doing that. Maybe he was doing something else. Maybe he wasn't doing much. But so God can speak powerfully through the scriptures to us and he can do that personally. So meaning it's for me. One thing that's helpful to to just keep in mind as you're reading the scriptures, every story in the Bible is your story. Meaning every story can have something to say to you or you can find yourself in every story so your name might not be in it. Some of you got Bible names and so you find yourselves in it, which is great. Others of you don't. Um, but every story is your story. So even if God is talking about Israel, he can also be talking about you. He can use that to talk about you. If he's calling St. Peter, then he can be calling you also. So every story is your story. God can use every, every moment of the Bible, every part of the Bible for us. So it's the word of God. It's alive Um, And it can speak to us in a very real way. So again, what's the difference between praying with the Bible and reading the Bible? So reading is moving through, looking for information. Praying with the Bible is opening ourselves up to an encounter with God. Which means we have an important job and that's to notice things. It's an important word, just to notice. So when we're praying with the Bible, first off, the pace just slows down. So we just want to slow it way down. We're not going anywhere. There's no accomplishing here. There's no productivity. We're not trying to get anything accomplished or done. No, we want to savor it. So you want to read more slowly. Sometimes you want to read repetitively, meaning you're going to read it more than once because we're just sinking into it. There's nowhere else to go, right? It's a great day. You're in a pool. You got one of those nice floaty things and you're just like sitting in it. And maybe you float and you bump against the side and you kind of push off, you know, but you're just, nobody's going anywhere not even a lazy river, it's just a pond, you're just sitting in it, okay? So we want to slow down so that we can notice things. This is a tangent, but maybe it's helpful. I watched a documentary called SOMM, S-O-M-M, about these four guys taking their master sommelier's exam. What's a sommelier? That's a person that works in a restaurant to help buy the wines and pair the wines and explain it to people. Uh, There's different levels of sommelier's. When you get to the level of Master Sommelier, there's only like about 200 in the world, in the entire world. So they're taking this test to get their Master Sommelier's exam. Can you tell I'm excited? Unfortunately, I'm more excited about this than I was about the Bible. Anyway, um, the exam's very impressive. They have to do a hospitality part where they're actually serving and talking to people. They have to do a theory part of the test where they have to know every grape in the world You have to know all the diseases of all the grapes in all of the world. You have to know all of the wine regions of the world. You have to know the laws of all of the wine regions of the entire world. You have to know how all these different vineyards barrel their wine and bottle... You have to know just everything, okay? People study for years, years and years for this exam. The third and most... uh, Oh, dramatic part of the exam is you come into a room, there's six glasses of wine on a table, and they say, tell us what these are. And they don't just take a swig and go, that's what it is. They slow down. It's fascinating. So they'll take the glass, they have a white piece of paper, there's a white piece of paper on the table, so they'll hold it up against the paper so they can see the color of it, they can see the color around the edges. The, the edges, they'll swirl it around to see how viscous it is, how thick it is. And then once they get the color and the viscosity and all that, they'll start smelling it. And when they smell it, they'll start saying the tasting notes that they smell, which always sounds ridiculous. They're like, I'm getting shale, uh, butterscotch, lime. I'm getting um, a newly cut rubber hose. They said that. And one of them, one of the guys said, I smell a newly cut rubber hose, uh, um, Himalayan salt, um, a little hint of berry. And you're like, whatever. But anyway, they're smelling all these things. And then they take a swig, and then they talk about the things that they taste. We just got to tasting, if you didn't notice. We're well into it. They take a taste, and they talk about what they're tasting, if there's vanilla or not. Vanilla is important because you can tell where the oak came from, whether it's New World or Old World. If you're in just pay attention to the vanilla. Um, And they taste it, and then they, they, you don't need to know that, but they spit it out, or else, you know, by glass six, you're just, like, having too much fun. But anyway, and then they'll be like, this is a this is an old world wine, this is a wine from the Rhone Valley, this is a wine from the Hill of Hermitage, this is a 2012, yada, yada, yada. And then they go to the next one. What's the point? The point is they slow way down and they notice things. And because they've been doing it so much, this whole world and this story opens up and they can tell you all these things about these wines where I'd be like, that one's red. (laughs) That one's white. (laughs) That's all I got. I don't like this one. So they slow down and they can taste things. So that's the temperament we want to have when we're praying with scripture. Not going anywhere. We want to slow down and we want to notice. So when the scripture writers use a word, they use it intentionally. And when God inspires a word, he uses it intentionally. That's not an accident. Remember that a lot of the scripture was written on, on um, vellum, which is like animal hide. So you didn't have a ton of it. You didn't have reams of it. It was hard to just go get more. So they were very uh, intentional about the words that they used. So when we're praying with Scripture, we notice words. We notice tone. And we notice, and this is really important, how it makes us feel. How our hearts respond to it. That part's extra important. And it's very important to give you permission uh, to respond what seems like negatively to these things. So you have a response where you're like, I don't like how I feel. That's good. It's important. It's important to notice. Because oftentimes in that place, God is trying to show us something. So we want to really notice that. So again, we're slowing down. We're savoring. We're taking time. Maybe we're reading it numerous times and letting it unfold. And we don't want to do it like there's a puzzle to solve or a riddle or there's an idea that we have to get out of it. But just to let God speak. And again, to just settle into it. So that it, in some ways it just gets in our bones. And then more and more we start to think like God thinks. Right? We take on the mind of Christ, as Paul calls it. So we want to settle into that. Your priest, pretty much every day, just spends time with the Bible. Just hanging out with it. To just notice things, to let God speak to me, to settle into it. Right? That's just really important. Sometimes it's easy for us to find stuff to talk to God about but this is a time where we really let him talk to us. Okay. Um, So you have handouts. Um, I forgot to grab one for myself, so I'm gonna walk out of the church again and come right back. So if this is helpful, great. If it's not, throw it away. Don't worry about it, right? Just want to be really free when we pray. There's no, there's no rules here. Um, this method of prayer is called Lexio Divina. Uh, Catholics have weird Latin names for everything we have and everything we do, right? There's like this is a thurible because it can't just be called smoke thing because that doesn't sound cool, right? Um, so Lexio, L-E-C-T-I-O, Divina, D-I-V-I-N-A, which means sacred reading. You don't need to worry about the name. But what it is, it's just a manner of moving through the scriptures in an attempt to let God speak to us and respond to him. So the first um, kind of question is, well, what do I pray with, right? I think the easiest thing to pray with in the Bible are probably the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's what you're most familiar with. Um, yeah, it's also just, it, it's it's events from Jesus's life so it's not ideas so much Proverbs is about ideas sometimes which is not not a problem but so the Gospels are very accessible more than maybe other, other places as far as picking out a passage I mean if you wanted to you could open your Bible and kind of look through the bold titles until you find one you're like oh I know that one and then pray with that I mean it, it could be as simple as that you can always pray with the Sunday readings that are coming up on it I mean we have mass every day you know around the world so there's specific readings for every day of the year, so you could pray with the readings from that day. We have those Word Among Us um, devotionals that a lot of you grab, so you can grab one of those, and then there you got it. You got something for every day. When you do pick it, uh, it's not important to do a lot. If anything, the alternative might be true where you you don't want to try to cover a lot of ground. So it's okay if it's pretty small. We're going to pray for our time of prayer today. We're kind of going to walk through something and, and um, pray through it and it's not going to be a big thing it's, it's, it's fairly small and so that's okay because we want to just really sink in and notice it also there will be times where you will pick a passage you will read through it and pray through it a number of times and nothing will happen and that is okay right? God's not messing with us he's not playing tricks with us there's no secret to this if he wants to show you something he'll show you something and we can ignore him we can run away but, but sometimes just nothing much is going to happen and that's okay that's not, that's not a problem. So don't, don't be discouraged by that. Sometimes I share my own experiences with prayer, but those aren't happening all the time. A lot of times prayer feels like nothing. It feels like just hanging out, and that's okay. So, find a place to pray. Um, find a passage to pray with. And then you have these four steps. I think it was kind of gray on the original, and now it's hard to read, so I apologize for that. First step Again, these have Latin names, but there's the, kind of an English equivalent next to it. The first step is just lexio, which means just read it. So don't go fast. Take your time with it. But the goal is just to notice, like, God's here, and I'm just opening up, and I'm reading through this passage kind of slowly. Um, yeah, if you want, you can read it aloud. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But just slowly, just kind of read through it, so you're just getting a gist of what's going on, kind of the basic outline of things. So that's something, too, that you can do a few times. You can just read through it maybe two or three times if you want. Again, we're taking our time. If you read through it just once and just feel kind of settled, then you can do that, too. I should have said, before all of this, um, it's probably a good idea just to ask God to help you, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Uh, And this is an indication of how I live my life. First, I try to do it by myself, and then I remember, oh, yeah, I should have asked God back at the beginning, so now I'm doing the same for you. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, ask the Holy Spirit to help you notice things to stir in you. Okay, so again, first you're just reading through. And then you, just, you can just kind of hang out. Again, we're not going anywhere. There's nothing to be accomplished here. Okay, so the second time through, or, you know, the maybe kind of second bout here, um, we want to really attend to specific things and see if we notice any specific words or if an image comes to mind. Or even if I notice just my own heart as I read through it. So maybe I read through it and I just notice like, ooh, something about this just feels heavy for me. Or I feel discouraged. Maybe I read through the story of the rich young man and Jesus is like, sell all your stuff and come follow me. And he goes away because he's got a lot of stuff. And maybe I just feel really sad. That's okay. You just, that's where you're at. You notice that. So we're, li- we're going through it again, nice and slowly. And our goal is to let God speak to us. Sometimes we say that a word resonates. It's almost like it, not, not like it glows, you're not going to see anything probably, but it's almost just like you feel your heart just moves at that word a little bit, you know, just something there. And so a word resonates, so I want to pay attention to that word if something's kind of stirring in me. So again, looking for specific words or anything like the tone of it, maybe I read through Um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. And I just feel really settled. Great, so just to notice that and to receive that, I just feel really settled in this. Okay, so as we're doing that, we're also kind of asking this question of like, okay, what is God saying to me here? Right, because this is alive and God can speak to me. So as I read through it, you know, the second time, first time is just getting through it, maybe noticing stuff, but just reading through it. Second time is intentionally letting God speak to me, connect with me. So I want to do that. Um, and even just to pause. Also, what you're probably going to do a bunch of times in the midst of this is your mind's going to wander to something else, okay? That's not on the list. They don't, they don't put it in because you'll do it on your own and I do it on my own. I don't need it to be told. So what do you do when you do that? You get real mad at yourself. Why am I like this? Why can't I just pray? And just beat yourself up and then quit. Okay? No, of course not. You just notice it like, okay, I'm thinking about groceries. And so you just come on back and maybe you tell God like, I got to get groceries. Tell him that. Distractions don't have as much power when we just tell them to God. And then you come back. That's fine. That's going to happen. Okay? There's going to be days when you can't pray at all. Yep. That happens. We just want to be very understanding with this. We can ask God for help, but it's okay. Okay. So first time through, just kind of reading it. Maybe something jumps out, but we're just reading through it. Second time through again is us just letting God speak personally to me. Third time through, now I want to respond to what it seems like God might be doing. So maybe it's the rich young man again. He's asked to give all his stuff away and follow Jesus. He doesn't do it. I feel sad. And there's just this sadness on me. And so maybe in this time of responding, I'm telling God like, hey, uh, I feel sad because I don't think I would do it either. I feel sad that I wouldn't be all in to really follow you. So I just want to bring that doubt of my heart to him to respond to what he's stirring up there maybe. But again, that time is just a time to intentionally connect with God. So another example, if I'm praying with Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I read through it once and I'm like, oh yeah, I love this one. Read through it again and I at the end I just feel really settled again, just kind of restful, kind of peaceful. And then maybe I tell God, like, God, I, I need more of this, just to rest with you. And maybe I'm sensing an invitation from God, like, that he really wants to be my shepherd. And he wants to bring me beside restful waters and revive, reenkindle my soul. And so, my response to him can be like, yeah, I want that. I'm choosing that, and teach me how to do it. Teach me how to just be with you, to rest with you. The last step is just hanging out. It's called contemplatio, contemplation. They say rest beside it, just be in there. Again, we're not going anywhere. We're not accomplishing anything. We just want to soak and settle and just let that be what it is. And it's a great place to be. So again, we're looking for encounter with God. We're looking to be with God. Whether we feel it or not, we're with him. So you don't have to worry about that. If you don't feel it, you're still with him. So that's still mission accomplished. But also we want to be open to this encounter. So if you're reading through and the first word pops out, whatever that first word is, maybe it's even just the name of Jesus, but it just feels like bright, it feels strong, it feels something. If that first word stirs something in your heart, then stop. Like, don't go anywhere else. Right? We're looking for, to be with God. We're looking for encounters with God. So if you were in Nazareth looking for Jesus, you knew he was in some house, and you went to the first house, and you opened the door, and he wasn't there and you went to the second house and opened the door and he was there, you're not going to keep going to other houses, right? Like, there he is. Go in. So if something's stirring in your heart, you can just stay there as long as that lasts. There's nowhere else to go. There's nothing to accomplish. You don't owe this passage of the Bible anything. The words at the end of it aren't going to feel left out if you don't get to them. No, when we encounter him, when we meet him, where are you going? Like, that is the most important thing ever. There's nothing more important than encountering God and being with God in the universe. Like, that's your healing. That's your salvation. It's the deepest longing of our hearts. So where are you going? <laughs>
1: where
0: are you going? So just really give your permission, yourself permission to just settle to stay wherever wherever something's popping up. And again, sometimes nothing will happen. If today nothing happens, great. It's not a problem. Right? Even if we don't feel something, we're still in His presence. He's still doing stuff. Okay, I'm gonna stop talking. Questions, thoughts and questions? Yeah, cool. if anybody didn't hear she's saying it's it's nice to just hear that you don't have to get something out of it like just being there that's it like that's that's good um, yeah so we believe that that affects us uh, just being there and showing up and he loves it also if you do feel frustrated like you're, you're there and nothing's happening sometimes what we do is we step into prayer I get into it here and then I'm there and nothing happens and then I get out and I'm like so frustrating so the problem there is what I want to do is be there and be like this is frustrating and then I want to tell him this is frustrating does that make sense so I do that all the time I pray and then I'm like Egh. and I was like that was a waste of time it's always a waste of time why can't I do it you know but instead I want to stay there and be like hey God this, is a, this feels like a waste of time is this what you want you know just alright whatever okay but to bring that to him so, we don't want a part of our life that's like outside of our prayer life. And then you got prayer, like it's this magic church place, right? Ooh, in the Bible, ooh, saints. And then we got like, this is life prayer life and life. Numerous times in meeting with people for spiritual direction, um, I'll be like, hey, today we're canceling your prayer life. It's just, it's canceled. So now you just have your life. And God's in it, and uh, He's alive. And you can talk to him, but he's just in all the stuff. So there's not a separate part of your life called your prayer life, and then the rest of your life that's like, oh, this is normal, real life, and I I'd be myself here. Like, nope, it's canceled. There's just everything, and God's in everything. Sorry, I went on a rant. Other thoughts, Questions? <laughs> There's an old joke, um, a Franciscan and a Jesuit are hanging out. You have to know that the stereotype of the Jesuits is they're, they're tricksters, you know, and they're always trying to get her. Anyway, Franciscan and a Jesuit are, are hanging out, and um, they're like, I really want to have a cigarette, but we should probably say our prayers, you know. We've got to pray the evening prayer. And uh, one of them's like, maybe we could do both. And the Franciscan's like, I'll, I'll go check. And so he goes to his superior, and he's like, is it okay if we smoke while we pray? And the superior's like, no, you can't smoke while you pray. Like, get back to, get back to yourself, go pray. And then he comes back and says to the Jesuit, he's like, we can't do it. And he's like, let me take care of this. So the Jesuit goes back to the same superior. He's like, uh, Father Superior, uh, is it okay if we pray while we're smoking? He's like, of course, you can always pray, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, if you smoke, yeah, why not? You know, you can do a holy hour with Jesus. I'm sure he'd love it. I mean, really, why not? You know? I'd like it if you don't sneak a flask into Mass, you know, just for the kids, right? I don't think that'd be helpful. And don't spill coffee on the carpet. But yeah, absolutely. Like find, find someplace that's settled, that's comfortable. Some people like to pray on their knees. Others don't. Like it's just not helpful. Some people want to put their feet up. Great, do that. If you can pray on a walk, go on a walk. If you can't, don't go on a walk. You know, because God, he, he really knows you and he loves you. And so he's going to encounter and be with you in a, in a specific and a unique way. When we come here, We're going to all have our shoes on. We're going to sit in hard pews and we're going to do that. No coffee, no beer. But when you're doing your your prayer time, go crazy. Other thoughts, questions? Yes. Yes. How's it been? Yeah. Yeah, just just mentioning just being distracted a lot. And um, lately, instead of getting so frustrated, just telling God about it. Yeah, and, and you know, it's always surprising to me that he actually loves me in the actual stuff of my actual life. Right? He doesn't love some weird, just churchy version of me. Like, he loves me. And I've got friends, and I've got family, and I've got stuff to do i got plants, like my plants, you know? And so he actually cares about these things. And so some too, sometimes too, like, he's like, let's talk about that. You know, whatever you're distracted about, we'll talk about that. I just want to be with you. you know, that, it's his persistence towards us. And, again, in my life, I've experienced times where I thought I was distracted, but it was like, no, he wanted to talk to me about stuff, you know? He was bringing it up. I thought, I don't know what I thought I was supposed to be doing, but he wanted to encounter me in the stuff of my life. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, like, a helpful image is, like, sometimes prayer is just planting seeds, you know? And you can plant a seed and dig it up five minutes later. It's like, "Ah, what's the point, you know? But yes, I, I, yeah, sometimes something happens in prayer or it feels like nothing happens. Or you say something or you really kind of cry out to God from a difficult place and it feels like nothing happens. But then at some point, yeah, it's like there's a fulfillment. Something comes along and, and, uh, Yeah, so even if nothing happens then, it doesn't mean nothing's ever gonna happen. Yeah, that's great, thanks for uh, mentioning that. Okay, so we're gonna transition uh, into some time of prayer. Again, as always, more than anything else that I could say today the most important thing is just just that you pray right that this week hopefully there's a bunch of times but that you go and you have just time with God I think yeah even just being there and asking him like Lord teach me how to pray you know you spending that time in prayer you could just skip all these talks and if you did that once a day and spent some time there that would be more fruitful I think than if you came to all these talks and didn't go pray, right? Because the whole goal is is prayer. And I can't pray for you and you can't pray for me. Like I I have to let God encounter me, you have to let him encounter you. We can't do that for each other. We can encourage each other and pray for each other but at the end of the day, you're the only one that can really receive God's love and his salvation in your life. Nobody else can really do that for you, right? So just my encouragement is to pray and if you don't want to, then ask for the desire to pray. This was a eureka moment for me when I was like, oh, I can ask to desire something. It was just so freeing. Like, I don't want to pray. So God, give me a desire to pray. I don't want to do that thing. So God, if you want me to do that, give me a desire to do that. Stir in me a desire for it. Right? We don't have to be miserable. That's not a rule. Some of us thought that that was a rule or our parents thought it. The more miserable you are, the better it is. No, that's not a rule. You're going to suffer. Yeah, you're already suffering. Yeah, he's in that too with you. But we can ask yeah, to, for God to make the road smooth in front of us. Okay, so I'm going to set up. We'll have exposition. And then we're going to just kind of do lexio with a, a scripture passage. Um, and so I will say some stuff and kind of guide us through it. Um, and again, well, I'll just walk you through it. Okay. Um, and then we'll try to finish up by 4 o'clock. As we enter into kind of scripture, meditation, Lectio time, uh, feel really free. If you want to kneel, you can. If you just want to sit down, just really like don't, don't worry about what people are going to think if you're kneeling or not. That's not a helpful idea. That's not normally from God. So feel free to just like get comfortable and settle in, in a space that's comfortable as we're doing that.
1: O oh, saving victim, open wide The gates of heaven to us below Our foes press on from every side Your aid supply, your strength bestow. To your great name be endless praise, immortal Godhead, one in three. O grant us endless length of days in our true native land with
0: We're going to be praying with Matthew 13:44 through 46. If you want to come back to it at some time, so I'm going to go ahead and read it twice as we begin. I'll read it once, just read it through, and then I'll read it again a little more slowly. And so, our first time through, we're just noticing the passage. And uh, maybe that second time through, noticing even more if there's any words, ideas, anything that kind of sticks out, resonates. Notice how maybe our hearts um, respond to it. Jesus said to them, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again And out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. So again, I'll read a little more slowly and notice any words, ideas. Kind of let the image be in your mind and notice your heart also. Jesus said to them, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field which a person finds and hides again and out of joy goes and sells all that he has, and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Just have a little time of silence. I'll read through the passage again and this time even more uh, we want to invite God to speak to us maybe through something you're noticing or through what's going on in your heart but just really invite Him to speak and uh, that we might receive um, personally from Him anything He might want for us here. See if you have any sense too of what He might be saying to you or showing to you. And then we'll have silence again afterwards for a little while. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. I'll read through a third time and at the end of it if you sense God doing something or showing you something there then uh, at this time we want to respond to him. Maybe there's something you want to ask him for. Something you want to tell him that you want. uh, To give him permission to come into a specific place or part of your heart. We just want to respond to whatever it seems like God's doing. If God doesn't seem to be doing much then our response can just be like God, I want more. I want to meet you. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has, and buys it. we'll read through one more time and yeah we can just you can just kind of hang out wherever you're at just be with God uh, stay with whatever's going on and if nothing's going on just to kind of yeah just rest the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field which a person finds and hides again and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your love, for sending your Son to be with us, to save us. We thank you for purchasing us at a great price. We ask for the gift of prayer that you would draw us deeper and deeper into communion with you and with your Son and with the Spirit. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it's four o'clock. Feel free to leave. Feel free to stay. I'll be in the confessional in about five minutes or so and
1: thanks for being here.